Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. The Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. Let us listen for the word of God. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil, and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. The word of the Lord. Thank you for being in worship this morning, especially on a rainy day like this, where I know many of you take public transportation and a commute involves a bit of time outside. There are so many reasons to stay home. Wimbledon is on. If you want to give me an update after the service, that's fine. And the rain doesn't help, but I sincerely want to thank you for making your way to worship to be here this morning because your presence adds something important to what we do as a community of faith. And so I want to thank you, but I also want to balance that thank you with thanking people who may be watching us over the live stream now or throughout the week. It's always encouraging to hear that our congregation is bigger than those who are gathered here on a Sunday morning. And so thanks to all. And as I hear Lila in the narthex, it's always funny to hear people watching from afar saying that they know Lila was in worship with us. <laughs> Let us pray. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. Thanks be to God for doing more infinitely more than anything we could ever ask or imagine. It was pointed out by St. Jerome, one of the early church fathers, writing about three to four hundred years after the crucifixion and resurrection, that the parable of the sower is the first parable that Jesus delivers with an explanation given by Jesus himself. And because of that, Jerome warns that we must be very careful that where the Lord expounds his own teachings, that we do not presume to understand either anything more or anything less. Jesus means what he says. Remaining within these bounds, staying true to the interpretation that Christ will give of this parable a few verses later, Let's dive in 
and examine it a little bit more for the ways that it informs our faith and how we approach the world. The meaning and message for our lives seems immediately clear. Jesus is the sower, the seed is his word, and the miraculous hundredfold crop is the outpouring of faith. And we should want to be the good soil. First, isn't it amazing how the sower sows his seed? He does so indiscriminately. He doesn't judge which soil looks better than the other. He just does it. It isn't up to the sower to determine when or where or who among to sow the seed. It's only up to the sower to give the soil a chance. He scatters his seed everywhere and in so doing gives each type of soil the same potential for life and fullness. The word and faith should be shared with all. The sower doesn't pick and choose who, when, or where. He doesn't size people up to see if they're likely candidates of his seed or not. He just does it, sharing the seed with all. Thank God Jesus himself does the same, and we should as well. Jesus tells us that the seed that fell on the path is like those who do not understand the word of the Lord, and the evil one comes and snatches it away. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Screwtape Letters, describes a fictional series of letters between the devil named Screwtape and his apprentice, Wormwood. And in this book, Lewis widens either our understanding of the devil or the subtle ways that faith can be negatively impacted in seemingly innocuous ways. Lewis provides an example that has long stayed with me of a young man doing research at the British Library in London. Piled high with stacks of books around him, the wheels of his mind begin to turn. Thoughts and previous learnings are starting to all come together and coalesce in such a way that he is on the verge of some great insight. And suddenly, his tummy rumbles. He realizes that he's hungry and that he's been lost in thought for hours. Deciding he can pick up where he will leave off after lunch, he packs up his belongings, leave them in such a state that he can return to them, and heads outside to catch a bus to a restaurant he's familiar to. As we can probably relate at one time or another in city living, he just misses the bus. And he becomes annoyed. And with that, the little details and inconveniences of life all start to happen at once. And he gets lost in the busyness of his day and forgets that he was ever on the verge of what could have been a really great insight. In the parable that Jesus gives, paths are busy places, or at least busier than the surrounding area. Think of paths through a forest or trail. They are well-trod, and the seed that falls on the path gets consumed, extinguished by all that happens on the busy paths and the highways of life. 
Next, Jesus tells us that the seed that fell on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and immediately receives it with enthusiasm, but it quickly fades away when trouble and persecution occur because that seed does not take on roots. I've met people like this in my life. I remember an acquaintance in college, freshman year, We went to the same student ministry for a few weeks, I a lifelong Christian, and he brand new to faith. While I was still trying to see if this was a group for me, one that met my faith needs and theological uh, outlook and perspectives, he dove right in head first unreservedly. He loved the friends, the immediate social benefits, But I was left wondering if he also enjoyed the teachings and the content of the faith. I would say that he was someone who was on fire for the Lord, at least for a few initial weeks. He was at every social event the group had, but after a couple of months when the group no longer met his social needs and other areas in his life that would meet these needs picked up, he was nowhere to be found. He had no roots, and when he found something he thought was better, he had no reason to stay. Whenever I am on mission trips, at conferences, or even sometimes when I'm meeting with somebody in my office, I caution them that the same challenges that existed before our meeting or their potential conversion to faith, Those problems that they entered my office with before we closed in prayer will still exist when they leave. I remember praying with a young man after a worship service. After a worship service, he approached me and asked if we could talk. He was a young father, and he explained that he was struggling with an addiction to gambling. After our prayer, He told me that he felt something change inside of him, and he was excited. This meant a great deal to me. It's the highest honor and compliment, and I wanted to believe that his life had been transformed as a result of our encounter and prayer, that God had indeed been at work. And I do believe God was at work in spite of what I'm about to say. When he told me this excitement and this enthusiasm as he was leaving my office, I cautioned him. I told him that I sure hoped that his life would be transformed, but I warned him that temptations that came before we met would still come after. And if you've ever been to the UK, you know that there are gambling storefronts all over downtown areas and that he would sure enough be walking by one not long after we parted ways. If he truly felt something happen during our prayer, I explained that he needed to pursue that feeling, that conviction. He needed to pursue faith. He needed to go deeper. He needed to put down roots. And that I hoped the church I served was a place where he could do that. I hope this here is a church where you can do the same. Think of the first Psalm, Psalm 1. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on God's law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water 
which yields its fruit in seasons and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. We know that trees are blown here and there all about, but their roots help them withstand whatever comes their way. We need to put down roots. Roots help keep us grounded. They help us withstand the storms of life. Unfortunately, hardship and challenge may come, and without roots, we are like the seeds that are blown away or become scorched like the sun. Jesus tells us that the seed falling among the thorns then refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and, quote-unquote, the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Here I'm reminded of the seeds on the path, but I'm also reminded that we must prioritize and reshape our lives and ultimate concerns. And we must allow the word, the gift of faith, to shape how we deal with the worries of life and the vanities of the world. We must never find our identity in anything outside of our faith. God comes first and shapes everything else. And in turn, we are blessed, but only to be a blessing to others. Finally, Jesus tells us that the good soil is where we develop the roots that will allow us to weather the storms of life. The good soil is where the seed has a chance to take. Obviously, we want to be the good soil. But we know that there are seasons of life, just as the weather changes. And I hope the sun is shining this afternoon. There are seasons in each of our life, moments when we are stuck on the path. Other times when we're on the rocks and our lives feel shaky and out of control, and other times among the thorns when challenges and difficulties seem to abound. But remember the sower and the seed that has been scattered and that what the sower has scattered can be of amazing help because it can produce a crop, an amazing outcome. Like the sower, we too can scatter seed. There will surely be times then when the seeds that we scatter seem as if the birds have eaten it all up and it's done no good. There will be times when our seeds are really quick to bear fruit, but yet quickly fade away. And then other times when our seeds will produce a crop a hundredfold, bring about a great outcome, a transformation of our or another's life. We do what we can. We don't choose who, when, or where, but we scatter the seeds of faith. We share our blessings indiscriminately with all we hope and we pray, and we may even forget but we let God do the work because just maybe that seed will bring forth something great. As Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. We may never know the full outcome or if we've had any impact at all. Sometimes I, a minister, and perhaps John and Chesna can relate, and maybe some of you have been in situations where you can relate as well, Sometimes I feel like an emergency room doctor. I see people in times of great crisis, and I triage them with the gifts and benefits of faith, 
In other words, I try to give them a seed of faith to encourage and help. And then they go off out into the world. I hope and pray to see them again, and I hope and I pray for them in our absence. But as I send them off into the world, hoping that they will return, I hope that they will go deeper, that they will allow seeds of faith to form roots in their lives. But unlike the emergency room situation, I and we, we're always here. And you can always return to us, and we want to help that seed take root and flourish. It is behind everything that we do. It's why, in addition to worship, we have programs for children, youth, 20s and 30s, adults of all ages. It is so the seed of faith will take root and flourish. And if you're new here this morning, I hope you'll give us a chance to do just that. I'm thankful for many experiences in my life in which I've become aware of scattered seeds. I'm thankful for people also who have put seeds in my life and who have helped those seeds grow into the faith that I carry with me this day. And now switching our focus for a moment, I would like each of you to consider someone who has planted a seed of faith in your life a minister, a parent, a colleague, a friend, maybe even a stranger that you have observed from afar. Someone whose example showed you what it is to live this life with strength and courage, and who in some way gave you a seed which later in life helped you in some way. It could be a direct word, a taught lesson, or perhaps their example. Now that you've pictured or thought of this person, I want to ask you, have you ever thanked them? I'm sure some of you, for some of these people, have thanked them, but I'm sure that there are others who have not thanked these people. And now what I want to challenge you with is that if you never thanked someone who left a seed of faith, who, if you never thanked someone who impacted your life in some way that you value enough to think of them now, if you never thanked them, maybe there's somebody out there in this world who, if given the question I posed to you, would think of you. Maybe you have been an example to someone else. Maybe you, through something you have done or said or a way that you acted, left an impact on somebody else. Just maybe you are someone who left a seed of faith in somebody else's life. Don't ever underestimate the potential you have to help others because the seed you sow may have the potential to produce a crop a hundredfold. Thanks be to God for doing infinitely more than anything we could ever ask or imagine. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.